It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and it's Sunday morning. And that's always a wonderful time because on Sunday morning is when we go to the house of the Lord and we celebrate resurrection. We celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and his glorious, victorious resurrection from the grave which gives us the hope of resurrection power. That tells us that uh, there's nothing to fear in this world because when we leave this world, we just go into another one. We start there fresh in uh, this place called heaven where we don't worry about death and dying and all of those things. That's just part of the victory. Welcome today. I just hope and pray that you're planning on going to church this morning. And, uh, of course, I always like to give the invitation. I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. And, um, well, we love visitors, just absolutely love it. And you can come to worship with us, 1105. You've got plenty of time to get ready and come on over and uh, meet the family. And, um, well, you can find out about us on the web, frcm.us. As I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive, and well. We talk about the church. Show number 1,119 today. A lot of talking over a lot of years. I want to remind you that if you are a pastor, preacher, missionary, you're involved in the ministry to women, children, youth, prisons, all kinds of things, won't you give me a call? Let me get you on the radio. Let's talk about your passion for the things of God. And uh, all you got to do, give me a call. We'll set up an interview, Jack, generally uh, Tuesday evening. That's when I like to do them. <laughs> That's my favorite time. And I have the studio right here. We can come on, we'll do the show and have it ready for Sunday mornings at uh, 8 o'clock here on 94.1 on your radio dial. You can also find this show on the podcast, 1,119. That's what you want to be looking for. And you can listen to it again or share it with a friend. It's always a good thing to be able to have content whenever you want it. Kind of say on demand. Sometimes you're traveling somewhere. And, uh, man, you know how radios are. They, they come and they go. Not, not as effective when you're traveling from point A to point B like it is around town. So, Put your phone, uh, hook it up, and uh, pull up one of the podcasts or one of the daily broadcasts or one of the talk shows, and uh, it'll get you where you're, where you're not. Because I'll tell you, you get so caught up in the show, next thing you know, you were you were planning to be, and you don't want to get out of the car because you want to hear the end of it. <laughs> I've had that happen many, many times. And, uh, of course, listen to podcasts, and also listen to uh, stories on tape or CD nowadays. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's all a lot of fun. Uh, 
frcm.us. That's how you find Freedom Road, in case you're interested. You can go there and find out all about the church and the ministry. And uh, like I said, come worship with us. Now today, as uh, it is when I'm here, just me in the studio and you and the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, we just get a chance just to share the heart of things and kind of get a sense of what's happening around the world and around the church. As I've said to you many times, that uh, this uh, theme for this show has been from the very, very beginning, is say a church triumphant, alive and well. So the church has always been my theme. We talk about the church, the things that affect the church. And uh, I'm just a person who... I don't always get involved in things. I'm, I'm not a joiner, let's say. I'm not a person who likes to join things and that sort of thing, but I, but I, I live in society and I watch and observe. And I'm the type of person that, that I scroll through Facebook, but you very rarely ever will see me on Facebook. I'm not saying that never will be, but I just don't. I just, I'd rather just watch and observe. And I watch and I observe life. And I've had a question that's been on my mind for a long time. And I think I have finally figured it out. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty intense. Something I'm talking about for, for years now. I've been trying to figure something out. I say, what's, what's going on? And finally, just this week, it has finally come to me what's going on. And uh, that's an amazing thing. And you say, oh, Pastor King, tell us, tell us, tell us. I got you sitting on the edge of your seat. Well, let's, let's go back before I, I say that. Um, things have changed a lot in my lifetime. But things have changed an awful lot, especially in the last 20 years. And you may able, be able to boil that down to even the last 10 years. And uh, we're just seeing it. It's just in society. And we're, we're seeing these uh, uh, men who are pretending like they're girls playing sports against women competing. And, uh, and I'm just scratching my head. And I'm going, what is all this about? And you say, well, Pastor King, aren't you a person of compassion? Passion, and you have these people who are confused about who they are. And well, yeah, yeah, I do. I have compassion for anybody who's uh, having struggles in life. Uh, life has its struggles; it does. And this world is uh, full of trouble, and and it's just uh, sometimes it's just difficult to live in it. But it just seems to me like that out of nowhere, these things become prevalent. And then uh, to listen to the media, you think, well, this everybody's in agreement with this. I mean, the whole world has just changed, and all of a sudden we're just falling into line. We all agree with these things. And then I don't, I just don't buy that. Now, again, I'm I'm a person who listens to uh, my news on the radio. I've told you that that this is no secret. I don't really watch news on television. I haven't seen a news broadcast in a long time because I don't really believe that they're always uh, 
giving it to us straight. There's so many things that's going on that doesn't even make it on the on the uh, local news, so I don't even bother with it. But you're f- probably familiar with this. Just listen to news, uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> and it's kind of strange for me to even be talking about this. And this is a, this issue with with Budweiser and the and the beer. Well, I don't drink beer. Never have. Have no idea what it tastes like. I do know what it smells like. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know why anybody would want to drink it. And see, that's just how naive I am. But uh, I've I've heard people talk about oh, cold beer. Okay, that's that's what uh, floats your boat. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But I don't understand it. I, I remember. When we were, when I was young, and uh, our church back in Kentucky played softball, and uh, the softball field that we played on was right in the corner of, of the brewery. <laughs> right, right outside of town was a, was a brewery, and and uh, there were like three buildings there, and right in the middle of it was a ball field, and I remember being there. At that ball field and smelling the brewery, and to this day I can I can smell that. It just still doesn't appeal to me. But nevertheless, controversy arose because of a, a person, and I don't remember the name of the person. It's not not all that important. Uh, come out with a commercial that was contrary to the to the thoughts of the people who have just lived their life all these years. And uh, they like beer and they, that sort of thing. And all of a sudden, this commercial come out, comes out like a, 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 it's a shock to the census because these people, this is not the way they roll. And so all of a sudden, Budweiser, uh, I think it's Budweiser Light, that doesn't mean anything to me, uh, the sales just tanked, just tanked. <laughs> people just stopped buying the product. And said, so, "Well, why? Well, because people are voicing their opinions, and uh, you find out that uh, the whole world isn't gone after these things. There's a lot of people who don't agree, and so I go back to the to the question that I talked about. I says, what is it that's uh, driving this?' And the family came to me, and." Uh, you say, well, Pastor King, you, you've teased us long enough. Tell us what it is. Well, let me read you a scripture. Uh, this is First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse number 10. You ready? For the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of of all evil, and sometimes people, if they quote that scripture, they they just they just quote it with a uh, money is the root of all evil. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying the love of money is the root of all evil, because money is a necessary thing. It's a tool. It's a tool that uh, has been designed to the, to where we can purchase things because. Uh, in the beginning, I'm talking about way in the beginning of mankind, uh, I think the barter system was more in line. In other words, uh, I give you a goat, 
and uh, so you can milk it and you give me a chicken so I can buy eggs or, or have eggs. And, uh, and so it's just a barter system. But I guess it's kind of cumbersome to have to be taking goats with you everywhere you go or taking some chickens with you or even to carry some eggs with you. So somewhere along the line, they started using uh, smaller things that's easier to uh, to pass around. Maybe uh, in the beginning it was gold or silver or, or some other precious uh, metal. And then somewhere along the line, it just came to where we'll just, uh, we'll just do it with paper. And so printing money and passed it around. And now they're wanting to take the paper away from us. And uh, just it's all electronic, just pushing buttons. And this is, well, you have this and you have this and you have this and you never really see it. And uh, I'm one of those that I'm going to fight as long as I can to be able to hold cold, hard cash in my hands. <laughs> because that's the one thing that you can do without having the constant uh, eye on you. Let's put it that way. It's things that we could do and be able to do goods and services and stuff without having the constant, quote, paper trail behind it. So, the love of money, according to what the Apostle Paul told young Timothy, he said the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, but did you ever read the scripture that comes right before that? I think this is key to our conversation here today. Let's read this scripture. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And... Uh, wonder what the word perdition means. It simply means a, a desire to be. In other words, uh, it's, a, it's a longing after. So what, what Paul is saying to young Timothy, people who want to be rich can easily fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and hurtful lust. In other words, they just very easily lose control. And that becomes the um, focus of life, is the desire for things and the desire for money, which leads to influence and position and power and all of those things that a person can find themselves lusting after and it being uh, a thing that control you. I was uh, at a convenience store here not too long ago. And um, I'm over by the, the drink fountain, and the manager of the store comes over. He knows me. He knows who I am. And uh, he, he says to me, he says, uh, which is worse, cigarettes or lottery? And uh, I said, uh, well, they both can be destructive. Actually, I think he, he used the word uh, gambling. He said, which, which is worse, cigarettes or Gambling, and I told him I said, "Well, it's kind of hard to choose between the two because the both can be very, very destructive." And so uh, he said, "Well, the reason I ask you this," he said, "I had a customer a little while ago, 
and um, she was uh, purchasing things and uh, got down to the end and she wanted some cigarettes, but she didn't quite have enough money to be able to buy the cigarettes because she'd already bought a bunch of lottery tickets and she didn't want to give up any of her lottery tickets in order to buy her cigarettes. And so that's when he came, comes over and asked me that question. Now, here's the thing. I've never played the lottery. Never have, don't tend to, don't ever have a desire to. Uh, I, I've never have. But why do people play the lottery? Why do they do it? Well, so that somehow or another they can win and all of a sudden their whole life will change because all of a sudden they'll go from just mediocre, living their life, having a little bit of money, be able to, to uh, uh, maybe just make do, maybe have a little bit of bank but not much, and all of a sudden they're just rich beyond measure. Well, that's a lusting after. And uh, people who go and, and uh, every week when they get their paycheck, they'll take a portion of it out and they'll – Spend it on those lottery tickets. And I understand uh, the, these things scratch off and stuff like this. And, and I know, the only thing I know is what I see there at the stores. When I see people who are purchasing them while I'm waiting in line to, to buy my things, I'm watching them buy the tickets. And sometimes they'll stand right there and scratch them off. And they'll, they'll win $10 or $5 or $50. I mean, I've seen it happen. But I assure you, there's a lot of people who really can't afford it. They're spending their money, buying the lottery tickets because they're, they have this uh, desire to change their status by simply buying a ticket. Well, see, that's a, that's a form of manipulation, but it's also a form of deception. And I remember back when uh, the state of Florida started the lottery. Governor Bob Martinez was the governor at the time, and he was not in favor of it. And uh, he would have vetoed it, but the votes from the legislature were enough to where he knew that they would just over- override his veto. So he said this on the news. He said, uh, he said, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's a good thing for the state. But he says, I'm the governor, and uh, this is my responsibility to make sure that if it's going to be, let's make it the best it can be. And uh, you tell me, I don't know much about it. I've never, like I said, I've never played it. Do we have a good lottery system or not? I'm just trusting the gov- Governor Martinez was a good man, and uh, he made it so. But it's interesting to me that along with the legislation to uh, bring the lottery to the state of Florida, they also put in the legislation to set money aside are you ready for this? To set money aside for those who will become addicted to gambling as a result of playing the lottery. Just to me, it's kind of like uh, marijuana. Marijuana, as they say, is a gateway drug. People start off smoking uh, marijuana or what we call pot, and uh, next thing you know, they move on to more destructive things. And they become people who are addicted to 
cocaine, uh, or whatever else drugs are. See, I don't, I don't do that either, so I'm not all that informed on it. But, but a lot of it's the same way. You start off with, oh, this, this big dream in my heart that I'll somehow or another become rich because I played the lottery, and then uh, see, it opens up the door. But that's just the way the enemy works. He opens the door, and then uh, he beguiles people. And people will get caught up, and next thing you know, they're addicted. So let's go back to my, my thought before we play a little music here. So here we are in society. Things are just kind of weird, and things are happening that 10 years ago we would have thought, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But now it seems like the whole world has gone after this. But well, then I begin to uh, hear different things. And uh, Rush Limbaugh used to have an expression that says, uh, follow the trail of the money. Okay? Follow the trail of the money. So you say, Pastor King, I'm confused. How, how does this follow the trail of the money have to do with these other things? Well, we're going to get there. But I think we'll go ahead and play a little Gold City for you. That's just, uh, it's called uh, I'm Rich. Well, I'm rich in faith and hope and love. I'm rich in faith and love. <laughs> uh, if I'm going to be rich, that's the kind of rich I want to be. But I'm, I'm no uh, exception to anyone else. I mean, I understand the uh, necessity of finances. I've been, uh, in situations in my life where every day was a, a struggle. <laughs> you see, I'm one of those people that, uh, well, I, I do believe that, that things will work out. But sometimes uh, I have to learn things the hard way. Let's put it that way. And uh, I remember I asked Tammy to marry me. I think it was uh, 76, around 76 and uh, she was just a child. <laughs> she's, she's almost eight years younger than me. And uh, I was, uh, had gotten out of the Navy and was, was going to Bible college. And uh, I had worked different jobs. I'd been in business for myself some and, and uh, made a lot of mistakes and uh, uh, lost a lot of money and, and made a little bit of money. <laughs> and, uh, and I worked for Pest control companies while I was going to Bible colleges, things. But right before we got married, uh, the church there in Pensacola, uh, the pastor had, had moved on. And uh, so we were out of pastor or without a pastor for about seven months. And uh, so what happened is that the board of the church uh, asked me if I would fill in and, and, uh, and just do the work of the ministry as far as up the pulpit and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, they'd, they'd pay me a little bit. Not much. <laughs> so instead of going and just uh, getting a regular job, I was doing that, and, and uh, it's kind of it was kind of tight. Let's put it that way. And so that's how when Tammy and I got married, we were that was kind of what had happened. Now uh, I was also doing um, uh, work on my own. I was kind of a kind of a person who little this, little that, that that type of thing. But uh, it was a little. Touch and go, and I remember the I'd had roommates before uh, 
Tammy became my roommate. <laughs> and uh, there were soft drink bottles uh, up underneath the cabinet that these guys had left. This is back during the days when you could uh, take them and uh, turn them in for a deposit. I remember us getting up underneath that sink and getting all those soft drink bottles out and counting them and uh, taking them up to the store and cash them in and buy some hot dogs. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, we've been married for a long time and we survived, let's put it that way. And so I don't really desire to to live under that type of situation. But uh, I know that when you allow yourself to be driven by the lust for money and that type of things, it can lead to things that can become destructive. And that's why I'm saying the things like the lottery, things like that, they can be const- uh, destructive. Everything has to be in control. So let's go back to what I was talking about. In our country, we are... Uh, a country who has a financial system that has become very tightly regulated, especially after 9-11, when the, the towers fell and the, the attack on the Pentagon. And, um, of course, um, those, are, those are terrible times. And uh, the fear that gripped our country at that time is that we didn't know to what extent this was. In other words, the day that it happened, they uh, they took the president and they put him on Air Force One because they said that's the only place that they knew that they could have him to where they could they could take him away immediately. And of course, on Air Force One, he had total ability to communicate. And uh, <laughs> I remember seeing an interview with uh, this is George W. Bush was the president at the time. That they, they after they brought him back to the White House, him and his family, his wife, and uh, they took him down to the bunker underneath the White House that was designed for this type of thing, but it had never been used before. And he says, "It's down there, and all there is down there is a a hide bed." <laughs> We're talking about this is the White House now. He said the only thing that was down there was a hide bed. And so they took him and, and uh, his wife down there and said, well, this Mr. President, this is where you're going to have to stay. And he said, well, where's my dogs? And they said, oh, they're up there. He said, well, i got to have my dogs. And so they made him go back up. Uh, Barney, Bar- I remember the, one of the dogs' name was Barney. He said, we've got to have Barney down there. And he said, him and his wife spent the night sleeping on a hide bed. We're talking about the President of the United States. <laughs> and... Uh, and then the, the, he, the, he said, no, we're not going to do this anymore. So the next day they were back up in their, their regular quarters. But see, we didn't know there was so much going on. So the point is, is that as time progressed from that, the war on terror caused the banks to be tightened up. And then you begin to have things like you, you can only deposit $10,000 and then the uh, anything else you have to explain why that type of thing well not only does this begin to affect the uh, the little guy like me people who were in uh, corporate business money began to be tightened up and then conditions were being put on uh, 
the ability to borrow. Well, you see, the thing is, is that money supply is controlled very much by those who have it. And uh, things like inflation and things like this, these things begin to happen because there's only so much money. And uh, and so if, if this person over here has got a big bunch of it and, and they're hoarding it, then there's less for everybody else to be able to, to spread around. And so it becomes more and more of a premium. And then the government comes along and says, well, let's just print some more, even though we don't have anything to back it up. And all of that begins to affect everything that goes on. Well, next thing you know, people who have the money begins to put conditions on uh, the people who are loaning the money out. And so all of a sudden, you wonder why it is that things that seem abnormal to most people are all of a sudden being forced and people who are uh, um, owners of corporations and things of that nation, all of a sudden they're coming out and they're endorsing some crazy thing. And we go, why? I, we don't understand why. Why all of a sudden? Well, it's because if they want to borrow money, they got to fall in line. And thus, we begin to understand. And this is what uh, the scriptures talking about. For the love of money is the root of all evil. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction. Isn't it amazing that these words were written all of those years ago? It's amazing. the Paris said now I have, I have everything nothing but heartaches and trouble and now I have everything. Why? What's she singing about? She says, well, because I've learned to trust the Lord, and uh, He is my source, and uh, because of that, I have everything. <laughs> it reminds me of, a, of a, something that just happened. It's interesting. I, I uh, was thinking about the, doing the radio show tonight, and uh, of course, I do it on, in the evenings, and of course, it airs on Sunday morning, and uh, just begin to think through the process of what I've just shared with you about the money and the power and the reason why some weird behavior seems to be going on is because people are controlled by their need for money and for those who have it and have are able to weld the power of such. <laughs> and uh, um, so I went home and then uh, Got cleaned up and was on my way back to do the radio show. Of course, I'm I'm a me TV guy. That's that's when I watch television. It's it's generally 
VTV. Sometimes I flip over to the uh, uh, Christian station to listen to gospel music when it's on. And uh, I just like the old the old TV shows. And the, remember the Beverly Hillbillies with, uh, you know, of course, uh, Jetty Clampett. And you remember the story uh, uh, that comes on. It talks about, uh, uh, listen to a story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. You remember? And, uh, and then one day he was shooting for some food and up from the ground came a bubbling crude. Well, that is black gold, Texas tea. You remember that? Well, in this particular episode of it, uh, uh, Mr. Drysdale, the, the rich banker, had uh, used Jed's money to buy out a, an old, uh, a uh, movie studio. And there was an old uh, Western set on the back. And they've got to tear that down and they've got to build a, a Clampett, Clampett Mansions or Clampett City or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, well, of course, Jed and his family, they, they found out about it. They just moved in. And they were just happy as could be. They say, they, oh, they love their little town and the people are going to come and, and uh, it's, it's going to grow. And, and Mr. Drysdale said, uh, uh, Mr. Clampett, uh, you can't live here. And he says, why? He says, we're fixing to tear this down. He says, why? He says, we're going to build a condominiums here and you're gonna you're gonna make rich you're gonna be rich and <laughs> mr clampett said i'm already rich so he said you'll make millions he said i've already got millions <laughs> he said but you can make more millions and mr clampett said why he said i got all i need well see we're looking at mindsets here to mr drysdale there's never enough never enough because that lust for more and more and more and more but Mr. Clampett, he said, look, I've got, I've got all that I need. And uh, which reminds me, I'm just reading my scriptures because of my daily Bible readings. And uh, the scripture that says, in whatever state you find yourself in, therewith be content. Okay. I've been in business for a long time. And uh, when I got out of the Navy, I didn't. I was trying to get enough money to go to Bible college, and uh, I just started doing odd jobs and doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, somehow or another, through all these years, uh, survived, uh, raised a bunch of children, and uh, got them educated. Of course, now they're pretty, they're pretty independent themselves. They they helped a lot in that area. And uh, uh, but I learned something along the way. Was that uh, you can. Push and push and push and push and push. And it won't always make a difference. But when you just rest in the Lord, God just makes a way. And uh, and I've just seen God work through all of this, through all of these years, how that God just, he sends business my way. And I've heard people say to me, he says, well, well, why don't you go over there? I says, he says, those people over there, I don't think they're happy with who they're using right now. And, and uh uh, you go over there, you can probably get that business. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to go take somebody else's business. Now, if that person uh, makes their decision that they uh, are no longer happy with the people that they're using, and they, they come to me and ask me to take care of it, then I'll, I'll be glad to. But I'm not going to go try to cut somebody else's throat and try to steal their business. And I've had people do it to me, but that's okay. Because what I've learned is that either God is my source or he's not. 
And uh, I don't have to have a lottery ticket for God to provide for my needs, for my family, which he has over all these years. God's been good to us. And <laughs> like I say, when we were first married, I were, we're digging up underneath the sink trying to find soft drink bottles to go buy some hot dogs. I mean, that's where we've come from. And uh, God has blessed us and honored us. And uh, you know, we have a comfortable place to live. We don't live in a mansion, that's for sure. But uh, God gave it to us, and it's paid for. And, and especially, these are all the blessings of the Lord. This is just, just learning to just walk in faith and walk in what God has provided for us over all these years. But what happens is when we begin to be driven by the quest for things, then that spirit of compromise, and this is exactly what the Scripture is saying to us. Again, First Timothy chapter 6, that they, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's just a lesson that I suppose you just have to learn as you live it. And this is one of the things that God's done in my life is that I've just had to, to learn it as, as I've lived life, and God is my teacher. I, I played this song I'm about to play for you on the music show last night, and uh, it's a tribute quartet. It's called Treasures in Heaven. Why don't you lay up, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven? Don't you lay up treasures in heaven that will not pass away. Well, good morning. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King here on 94.1 on your radio dial. I forgot to tell you earlier in the broadcast that if you like Southern Gospel music, and you don't want to miss the Saturday Night Gospel Sing right here on 94.1 every Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Best music on the planet right here. <laughs> and it's good. We crank it up. Now, I'm telling you what, we play them all. And some fast ones and some inspirational ones, a little bluegrass, a little uh, just, just mix it up. And it's good. So... I'm just telling you, also, the Monday through Friday here on 94.1 is the daily broadcast, and that's a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God, 11 o'clock. And, of course, Sunday mornings, 8 o'clock, the Gospel on the Radio talk show. And uh, usually I have guests in the studio. I like having guests in there because an invitation to you, if you are involved in Christian ministry, you need to be a guest on this show. You need to talk about your Passion. We gotta see. We're the historians here. We're telling the story, and if you don't come and tell your story, then somebody else may tell it for you, and it may not be correct. So you get to tell it. Call me, area code eight five zero 
567-1703. I was thinking about uh, a couple of scriptures. One is the story of the prodigal son and how that that young man was exactly what is described here in the New Testament. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and do many foolish and hurtful lust. That young man, he wanted riches. He wanted his inheritance. And, and to think about it as it's uh, given to us. He goes out and he's spending this money like, like wildfire, and he's got friends. Oh, he's got friends. He's got friends. They just love him until the money ran out. Then all of a sudden, he didn't have any friends anymore. Isn't that amazing? And here this young Hebrew boy, I mean, he is degraded to where he's loaned himself out to a farmer to feed pigs. That, that's, that's an insult for him, just, just that. And then he was so hungry and so desperate that he was ready to eat the slop that the pigs were eating. I mean, see, this is a thing. Uh, this this desire for riches that overtakes a person that sell sell out to it. And the thing about it is that I've heard this, and uh, I mean, I'm just I just heard it. I don't have any facts to back it up. That a lot of people who who win the lottery and make all this money, they, they end up being poor because they don't know how to handle it. And uh, they, they change their lifestyle so drastically that they can't hold, hold on to it. And so this is what he says. For the love of money is the root of all evil. That drive, that that willingness to, to do whatever it takes to sell out to the quest for just to have money and riches. The other scripture, we find this in the Gospels where Jesus is telling the story about the sower. Remember he said the sower went forth to sow and he began to sow the seed, which is the word of God. But it says that as the sower broadcast the seed and the seed would begin to spring up it said that it was choked by the cares of the world now get this now the deceitfulness of riches now here's something that, that amazes me is that we have people who are believers many of you are listening to 94.1 you're, you're a believer you believe in Christ Jesus. But here is one of the great tests of your faith in God to sustain you and meet your every need. You know what it is? Is your willingness to give. Because see, there's, there's two, two ways to look at this. You can hold on to it and just hope that it's enough to sustain you forever, that it'll last or you can invest it in God's kingdom and put your trust in God that God would return it back to you. I know a lot of Christians who don't understand this. 
and they don't give. You see, to me, if you are a person, you go to a church and you enjoy going to the church and you go there and you love the fellowship and you're sitting in the sanctuary and you're enjoying the air conditioning and, uh, well, all of that costs money. And if you're not investing in it, there's something wrong. There's something wrong in your, your, your thinking because you don't understand the concepts that give and it shall be given to you. You press down, shake it together, good measure, when men return to your bosom, the word of God says. In other words, God will return it. But uh, a lot of Christians, they don't, they don't follow that. And uh, um, see, the kingdom of God is vast. And uh, it's such a powerful thing. I'm telling you something. It's worthy of your investment if you believe in it. In other words, if if you believe that uh, your church is doing a good work and uh, God's raised up leadership in your church that you feel comfortable and confident in, then you need to invest in it. And the same thing with this. I told my wife this. Uh, my wife listens to a particular radio station. And uh, I said, well, you enjoy that station. I said, you need to send them a donation because they're, I mean, they have to pay to be able to do what they do. So I encouraged her. I said, you need to send them a donation so that they can continue to do their ministry that you're being blessed by. But see, that's all scripture and it's all biblical because God tells us, and we find this in the book of Malachi, he says, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to you. Again, concepts. This is Jeff and Sherry Easter. I've been afraid I know how it feels to survive That's a good word. I know how it feels to survive because I've learned to put my trust in the Lord. And the truth is, there's lots of times I have to learn that lesson all over again because uh, uh, I tell my wife sometimes, I say, I'm just a nodhead. <laughs> sometimes she tells me, she says, I don't know what it is that God is trying to say to you, but whatever it is, you need to listen because we need to get beyond this. <laughs> You see, walking with the Lord is a beautiful thing, and we can trust Him. Father God, I pray for this radio audience. I pray, God, for them, and I pray, Lord, that you'd bless them. The Lord God, that we would be faithful to you, faithful to your kingdom. And the Lord God, that we would love you more than money or anything else. Father, I pray of our churches today. I pray that God, that it's just a move of God would be just swept across the land for our pastors, for the ministry that comes from our pulpits. Lord, I pray for America. I pray for peace in this world, all over the world. And I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.